Welcome, everyone, to the Commentary Podcast. I am your host, Pat Brennan. For today's podcast, we are going to be watching David Fincher's 2007 crime thriller, Zodiac. Now, I actually own the Blu-ray of this, but the Blu-ray only contains the director's cut. So this time I am actually going to be streaming this movie. I'm going to be streaming the theatrical cut because the director's cut is not actually streaming anywhere. It's only available on the Blu-ray. Um, so I'm going to be streaming this on Showtime. This is currently streaming on Showtime. And it is also streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Um, and you can also rent it on Vudu for $3, rent it on Amazon for $3 as well, and on Apple TV for $4. Joining me today for this episode is one of my good friends, uh, Martin. Um, I'm going to be doing the same thing I did like the last episode. I will be dropping in his social handles in the episode description. So if you could follow him there and check out his profiles because he's great. I don't want to take up too much time here because this episode is probably going to be long because the movie runs two and a half hours. So without further ado, I'm going to be pressing play on Zodiac in three, two, and one. Ooh, there we go. I like the original Paramount logo for this. Oh, yeah. So I'll turn it down a little bit. I know, I like when movies do that old logo. I feel like a lot of horror movies do it for some reason. Yeah. That opening shot right there is all CGI. Yeah. I think it's Which funny. Way? Have you heard the commentary on this? Oh, yeah. Because there's a two. Rachel <laughs> one by himself, then they have um, Robert Downey and like Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> it's like that commentary is so funny because they just complain how many takes they had to do the whole time. So funny. <laughs> I'm a big Fincher head. And so that's one of those that like I'll watch it with friends or any Fincher movie with friends, really. And I'll just tell them like facts about the movie. Mm-hmm. I watched Gone Girl recently the other day with a with a friend for the first time. His first time. I, it's been my probably like seventh time seeing it. But the thing with the Yankees hat I told him about, he was like, no oh, way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, just wear the fucking hat or something. <laughs> oh, my man. I thought naked. it was. I thought it was two days that they lost on shooting and it was apparently four. That's so funny. I bet that place has really good burgers. Yeah, this scene always reminded me of like American graffiti look. I've never actually seen American graffiti. I need to get on that. It's pretty good. The um, the transfer is actually like on Blu-ray and probably a new 4K transfer is not very good. Yeah, it's I've been hearing that a lot with a lot of movies. I know that the new Terminator release, the Judgment Day one wasn't very good um pirates i heard wasn't very good either oh yeah this was also one of those movies that i had mentioned before that like i started in the middle of the night and then i got too invested and i finished it and that Mm -hmm. was my first time watching it and i finished at like three in the morning and i was just like wow that was something else yeah i think i I don't def- I didn't see this in theaters. I definitely was at like Best Buy, whatever, in like two thousand eight, probably. 
because came out in 2007 and back then like mm-hmm. the movies used to take so long to come out physically um and i think i saw the cover and i was like oh, i want to watch this um because i had just seen fincher and i think i'd only ever seen panic room at that point mm-hmm. uh, i was like oh I think this do you is have the, the blu-ray panic for it for this yeah yeah so the uh, Blu-ray, for some reason, I think has one of the coolest yet simple yet such strange designs for like the cover art. It's just that it looks like mm-hmm. a postcard or like the mail, like the letters that he sends. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one I have. Apparently that when this the Blu-ray first came out, they only made like a limited quantity of it. So essentially it sold out and then people were selling it on eBay for like $500. <laughs> and then they eventually like, re-released it. I think in like the early 2010s, they eventually re-released it. But yeah, it was, this was like a hot commodity. Like you couldn't buy this movie. That's insane. That This is not one that I would think it would be that like a huge deal for. But I guess now I think about it, I did get it after 2010 or 2012. Yeah, I think I got it around that time too. I got it at like the, the you know, in at, like Walmart, those like five, seven dollar bins that they have. Mm-hmm. Whenever those were still a thing, I found it in one of those. That's why I found a lot of movies, actually. Oh, yeah. They had separate bins just for Blu-rays, and I would just scour through that every time I, I went. Know. I feel like they just have $5. $5 now. I haven't been to Walmart. And... Yeah, they don't have... They barely carry the... I mean, they carry Blu-rays, but like, there's not a separate bin for the Blu-rays anymore for like the $5 bins. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. That's a... Uh... I will say that like Lawrence of Arabia was one that I have that for a hot minute was going for a lot as well, like on eBay. Mm-hmm. 4K disc for it anyway. We need a 4K of this. I know. They've been saying it's going to be getting a 4K pretty soon. I don't know how or when that's going to happen, but like I've heard that they're doing that. I know that they already did a social network 4K because it's part of that Columbia Pictures. You have it, don't you? Yeah, I have that box set. Yeah. yeah. It's the only one of them I have. That's they're like a little, they're a little pricey. Yeah. I really considered it just for that 4K. The social network's like one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. All this blood is CGI. Really? I wouldn't have been able to tell. Because they didn't want to have the blood on the set because then they'd have to change the clo- clothing all the time. So he's like, let's just add it in the post. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, and he shot um, all of those. The slow motion scenes are the only scenes he shot um, actually on film. Everything else is digital. That's one of those strange things where I've never understood Fincher's philosophy with using digital versus film in specific times because mm-hmm. it's like he's such a stickler for film, but then he does digital. Yeah, I, he, I think he's he was like one of the first to like really get into digital, I think. Yeah, because they're... in his mind, for him, he probably needs it because he does so many takes. Yeah, like, like he can't film. he can't afford to spend yeah. so much film. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I probably would still give Fincher that amount of money to just to shoot film. <laughs> um, what's interesting to me is there's the Steve Jobs movie that Daniel, Danny Boyle did in like what was it 2015, 2016? Mm-hmm. That was originally offered to David Fincher. And mm-hmm. they were they were kind of banking on him to do that movie because of the success with the social network. And I guess apparently he wanted more money for the budget with Steve Jobs. And that's why it didn't pan out. But anyways, uh, yeah. um, one really cool yeah, thing about that. Oh, I love all the like skyline shots you get of San Francisco. Yeah. 
But one of the cool things I think Danny Boyle did with that movie was like the different use of formats and shooting Mm -hmm. on different formats for each period of the movie that you're in. So like the last, Mm -hmm. I think third of the movie is like all digital and the first half is like 16 and 35 mil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, um, Fincher actually wanted to make a Black Dahlia movie. Um, yeah i've read it. about that it's insane and it like fell through and then i think uh one of the studio heads just gave him this script have you read the novel that this is based on no i actually have it i bought it recently because i i mean i love this movie it's like one of my favorite movies ever and i got it before... i've never read the book and i was like i'm gonna buy the book but i still haven't read it yet because i just i got it on a there. trip last year or two years before and uh it's a really good book. Like I bought it over a Christmas break, like a Christmas trip. And uh, yeah, I, I couldn't put it down the whole time I was on the trip. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to read it. It's actually sitting right there on the shelf. I can see it. Zodiac. <laughs> I have mine sitting next to like Lord of the Rings, Fahrenheit 451 <laughs> and Annihilation and The Exorcist. Oh, and The Disaster Artist. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's like one of those books that just kind of fits in with all the rest of like the movie novels I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, this shot of the mail like that mail cart mm-hmm. I don't think it's come up yet but it will in a second I haven't listened yeah, no. to the score for this by itself have you yeah speaking of the score actually um I read that he originally didn't want a score at all. He was just going to use like songs of that mm-hmm. era. Hurdy um, Gurdy Man. Yeah. Great. Dude, Hurdy Gurdy Man is so good. And then he, um, I guess once they were like got to like do, I think they saw like the first couple dailies. And he, I think he was like, maybe we should just use like some sound effects, like not really audio, like a score, but like just weird sounds. Um, but then eventually he like, figured that he needed i think he had watched the conversation like before and he like listened to how they did the score in that and then i think he reached out to one of the sound editors on the conversation who then had him reach out to um uh i think shire did this i think yeah i think his name Uh, was just up there david shire something like that yeah uh reached out to him and then that's when they started to work together that's cool. That's cool. I w- I didn't know that actually on that score thing. Yeah, I, I could I could see him like pitching just a let's just use like music of the time because like right there I think that's a Carlos Santana song. It's like mm-hmm. it works. So his camera movements are so like perfect. I love the way that he uses like. I don't I call them David Fincher alumni, but like he uses a lot of the same actors in other movies that he uses in this one, as well as like other films that are just like really small parts. So like the I don't know what his name is, the editor here, the guy in the blue shirt, he he's also the lawyer in the social network. Yeah. And then like the there's one dude in the the main character in Mindhunter, I can't remember his name, is the the partner, not the Jonathan Groff character, but he's also in Fight Club, which is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. First letter, which actually 
the first letter was actually not sent to the Chronicle. I wonder if this is actually the actor's hand or if they do use like a hand double. No, it's actually speaking of the hands, uh, all of the close ups um, on Jake Jonah's hands, they added hair. So if that, that, um, the shot right there, you could see he didn't have any hair on his hand, but the close ups, they added hair. That's funny. Like, <laughs> he, it looked, see how he's like, no hair right there. But like, watch when they do like the close ups, like, pretty sure there's like some CGI in there, like, to make him have more hair. Cause like, it looked too, it just, like he said, it just looked weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> Fincher's so funny. <laughs> the killer drops this weekend, doesn't it? On Friday? I think so. Yeah. There's some funny stuff in the new one that, like, legitimately like made me laugh out loud mm-hmm. I like this guy's tie Robert Downey wow. Jr. has some nice outfits in this oh, yeah he looks like a real 70s man mm-hmm Yeah, I think the first, because this is the Chronicle, the actual letter was, because it make it seem like this, um, they said the Chronicle, or not the Chronicle, the Examiner was the first one to actually receive the letter. And then they called the Chronicle, like, asking if they had one. And then they found it, I think. So, it's kind of one of those, like, we're following this story, but we have to make it yeah. seem like, we have to make it mm-hmm. seem like this is what happened. Yeah. So, like, they made it seem like, oh, like, the the, the examiner is going to go with it. Like, they've already had it. But it makes it seem like they got the letter first. <laughs> There's so much smoke in all the scenes with Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he, like, modeled this movie off after um, All the President's Men and, like, watching these, like, the scenes right there in the the newspaper officer like this is just exactly like that <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a nice vest i just noticed this outfit on robert Denny. i don't know why <laughs> speaking of, of um outfits all of the um, the scenes where like the killings take place are the actual outfits that the victims wore he matched them i've oh my gosh i've read so much on like the him recreating so many of like the like the scenes with like the zodiac killings like the, the you know the story about the tree right at like the the lake yeah oh my gosh that's just something like i really respect venture for just shit like this <laughs> yeah and like i guess technically like he he technically starts the movie with the the zodiac claiming it's the second murder because i guess the first murder was never proven that it was the zodiac and there's obviously no uh, yeah, survivors. he like he mentions in the letter that he also killed someone in the like what do you say yeah. like the the thing before. Yeah, so they wanted to start it with like someone who actually like survived the attack. I find it really smart as well that he casted different people as like all the Zodiac killers for different scenes. Mm-hmm. It gives but like a real sense of know. like yeah. ambiguity. On yeah. top of that, just like the sense of like dread, like you never really get a good look at his face. And on top of that, you never, mm-hmm. it almost adds to the sense of like, you know, whenever like I, eyewitness people will come forward and say like, oh, well, he was wearing this. He looked like this. And they're, they're almost always like completely different descriptions from the last one because like no one ever gets a good look at him. Mm-hmm.
God, there's little like camera setups there. Like <laughs> you probably spent a day shooting that. <laughs> <laughs> I need 45 takes of this close up of the camera snapping. He's got that little James Bond thing cut out. Yeah, just those small camera movements are like they're all perfect. They just guide your eyes where you need to go. I had a when I was in high school, there was this guy that I, that came to school with us. He was a foreign exchange student that had like a love, like a deep, deep love for Edgar Wright. And uh, I put him on some David Fincher movies and he was just like, dude, you guys is like you guys just have like an American Edgar Wright. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, kind of <laughs> much more precise, but I could see where he was coming from. Like they're very similar in terms of like how they frame a lot of transitions Mm-hmm. But there's like it's such a different energy to them. Mm-hmm. I love the way that the scene kind of mirrors, like later in the film, with um the new writer that comes in and replaces Paul. Oh yeah, he like tries to befriend him, and he's like, hm, "Nice to meet you." <laughs> yeah. I think he originally offered Robert Downey Jr.'s role. Like he wanted Brad Pitt and Daniel Craig, which makes sense why he then cast Daniel Craig in Dragon Tattoo. Yeah. Have you heard about like the, like why we didn't get a sequel to that movie? Like a proper sequel, I mean? Yeah, I think it had to do with Sony didn't want to pay the money. Yeah. Well, it was right after he did Skyfall and he was like huge after that, which I don't know why part of me thinks like he was already kind of big when he did Dragon Tattoo. My dad's not a big film guy, but even he knew who he was like my dad just kind of knew him as uh, James Bond. Yeah. I mean, yeah, everyone knows who a James Bond is. Even if you've never seen the movies, you're probably just like, oh, yeah, that guy's James Bond. So like those close-ups there, he adds little like little like hairs. I'm just now noticing that. That is so funny. (laughs) It's such like a weird like why. (laughs) (laughs) I've been on a big Jake Gyllenhaal kick lately as well. It's funny that these actors these actors say they'll like never work with Fincher again because just because it's just too much like work. I, I, find mind... it, I find it so interesting that people say that, but then like you have Rooney Mara who literally did like, what was it? Like three or four scenes in the social network. And then she went on to do dragon tattoo, like yeah. two years or a year later. Yeah. She's only in the way. Well, yeah. She's in. Yeah. Three scenes of, yeah, you're right. Three scenes of social network. I want to say three or four, but like even then one of those scenes is notoriously known for the hundred takes thing. Yeah. This is a brutal scene. It's one of those scenes that oddly enough does not really show much, but it's such an intense and such a like well shot scene that it feels much more engaging and much more visceral than something that would be bloody and violent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like especially this scene with the blood, like that's all CGI. 
because they do that close up. So if you're like obviously, you see, like, you can blood. see him from far away, like his yeah. face, but it's so far that you would never get a good look at him. I love like how each like scene is just like different too. They never like, really the the way that like they show him in movie. relation to where they are with like location. They never show him up close. It's so scary. Yeah. And like the first scene, like he doesn't say anything. And like this one, he has an entire conversation with them, which is like what well, to your point. It's like the, you cast a different actor for each one. It's like because you know you never knew who the Zodiac was. I think personally it was multiple people working together. You think so? Yeah, I think it was someone I was like writing the letters. I think at I minimum two. Like I've I've minimum always kind of come up with that, that the concrete letters. theory. Yeah. When I was in high school or my senior year, there was like a class that was like notoriously known for like everyone had to do like a research paper for English. And I did my paper over the Zodiac Killer because I had just loved this movie for so long that I was just like, you know, I'm gonna do a paper over this. But I actually, um, my teacher said we could just use like any source we wanted to as long as it was like legitimate. And I just mm -hmm. took a shot in the dark and I emailed, I messaged him on Facebook. I did whatever I could to get Robert Graysmith's attention. Anybody who was involved with the movie. And uh, he actually emailed me back and I got to call him for oh, like wow, a really? phone call for like an interview. Yeah. And I mean, I got an A on that paper. My teacher, because I was kind of known as like a slacker in that class, but my teacher was very mm -hmm. impressed with it. But he, like, he, he got him to like respond to you. <laughs> He's like, I'll give you an A just for that. <laughs> yeah. But she, she, I, I had kind of presented my theory and that was that I think there was two people and she, he also kind of thought like the more I think about it, like as time goes on, he said the same thing. Yeah. But he was very cool to talk to. Yeah. I'd be curious to pick his brain. This guy's really smart for someone who's getting tied up. Mm -hmm. I love this shot coming up here when he asks if there's any bullets in the gun. Oh, and he shows it to him. It's just and he shows it, but he like puts it right on the lens. It's like, oh, like right here, right here. Like yeah, floated. Close up. Something's gonna happen. Oof. I didn't surviving that. I think I find it really interesting rewatching this with like the hindsight that you know about like Grace and his character and 
Paul Avery talking about like, you know, how he gets too caught up with the women that mm-hmm. he forgets to finish off the men. And that's one thing that like the first time I never noticed it, but watching it again, you're like, he does completely like focus on her after that. Yeah. This handwriting is just creepy. I know. I think they actually interviewed the 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 responder who would actually field one of the Zodiac calls. And I think they had the actors all um, read the lines. And they said that um, John Carroll Lynch, who plays um, Arthur Lee Allen, she said that his voice was spot on. Oh, like for real? Like, yeah. Oh, my God. That is... he, he plays <laughs> Arthur Lee Allen. <laughs> See all that hair? Pick <laughs> <laughs> it up every time. So whoever's, whoever's listening to this will never unsee it. The way that he bolts as soon as he thinks about the the book yeah. right here. <laughs> <laughs> He like passes the door. Yeah, I love. It. They just like treat him like he's just like this weird person. Like he just he just draws cartoons. He's just interested in this. <laughs> like, I love the guy who comes out like who's looking at him. Like why'd you run into he's your like, what? Why the hell did you grab? <laughs> Sorry, with a Z. <laughs> another cgi i'm not gonna cap that that one shot with the um i don't know what that building is called that tower that's being built to show that like time mm-hmm. is passing i love that shot there's just something so cool about that great transition show time passing yes 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 I love the one overhead here. Oh, the the taxi shot. Yeah, because this is all this this is all CGI, but it like kind of looks so much better than half the stuff today. It's like the best CG, and I I know that this has been said to death before, but like the best CG is the one that you don't notice. Oh yeah, and I completely find that to be true. For a movie from 2007, this does looks really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they should. This is film right here. So you can shoot a high frame rate. I like that. The, this is a shot for the album cover. I'm pretty sure that they use for it. I think it is anyway. I know it's one of the posters. Mm-hmm. so nonchalant walks away like it's nothing he does look like just an average dude though and whenever mm-hmm. the, he interviews the kids they're like he just looked normal yeah on the um on the blu-ray there's the 
there's like a couple documentaries and they interview one of the cops but that they they have they show them later when they speak to ruffalo oh there's a friend oh yeah my man my man (laughs) he's like in 14 years i'm gonna quote tweet pat (laughs) 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 no but the in the documentary on the blu-ray like they interview one of the cops that was driving around that night and um he said that him and his partner, like they were around the scene. So they pulled up and then they saw this guy walking and like, they kind of slowed down and then he just stopped and stared at them. And then they just like stopped too. And then he just kept walking and then they just drove away. Yeah, and that I, was, that was him. And he just I've, stopped and stared at them. I've seen through like all of them, the like all the documentaries on them. That's the thing I like about Blu-rays and like just physical media as well is you get so much or I feel like you used to. There used to be so much bonus features with them that like now it's if you get a bonus feature on a Blu-ray, it's like a miracle, something good. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. They didn't have like menus anymore. It's just like it's just something super bland. Yeah. There's this giant blue screenshot here that I don't think anybody ever notices. Oh, yeah. This is all like a soundstage. Yeah. It looks really good, wow. though, for that. Yeah, whenever I was watching, I don't even think you ever watched it either. Like, Bo is Afraid. I have still haven't seen it. When I was watching it in theaters, I do remember thinking, like, I cannot wait to watch this with an audio commentary track. Mm-hmm. Got the Blu-ray for it. Nothing. There's, like, a featurette about the film, but nothing else. I know. Some of them are just so weak now. I will say yeah. I'm I'm willing to bet A24 is holding out to put like out like a special oh, yeah. edition for sure, something. Yeah. yeah like did for you see that? Thing. Did you see that book that they released today, the Midsummer one? No, oh, yeah, I did. I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna buy that. <laughs> but someone will buy it. I thought about getting it. I'm not. Fun. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. That's a. <laughs> I like me some Ari Aster. Yeah, so I guess this whole like block no longer like looks like this. So they had to like go back through old photos, um, just recreate it, and essentially recreate it. Yeah, you can tell if you look if you look there in the back, you can like, oh yeah, I can tell that's like a that's not real back there. Um, yeah, so he had it's to, like, like past that van everything. that they just completely blue blue screen. Uh, the the yeah. pictures from the set on this look really cool though. Yeah, yeah. So they had to, like essentially recreate everything through photographs. So they like built it all, just wild. Also, also, pretty sure he said that they didn't want us filming a, a mur- recreating a murder scene that happened there. <laughs> so we couldn't really <laughs> film there. <laughs> yeah, and all, all the cars going by are all CGI. This, uh, I can't remember his name is the the guy that plays his partner. He's in Top Gun, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize. I hadn't seen Top Gun until I was like 18 or 19, I think. I saw it with a friend. And I was mm-hmm. like, hey, that's the guy from Zodiac. Oh, uh, yeah. No, he's always he's always an ER. Anthony Edwards, that's his name. Oh, yeah, it's ER. Anthony Edwards. Yeah. He's actually, um, Fincher actually cast him because of ER, but then he's like, oh, he was also my neighbor. So I just that's funny. <laughs> he's oh, like, he's in the ER, the show. Yeah, uh, ER, the show. Yeah. And he's also like, I need some, I need a guy who's just like, you know, he's like, a nice guy like you know he's telling the truth <laughs> like, he really does look like a nice guy honestly yeah he just got a face mark mark ruffalo has a very like 
that man is a chameleon. He is able to do anything to mm-hmm. me, honestly. Yeah, he's just great at I guess not great at solving crimes, but <laughs> he likes to solve crimes. <laughs> Did you ever see that movie with him, Dark Waters? Yeah. Great I feel movie. like no one talks about that movie, but he did really good in that. Yeah. See, I think the score works so well here. It creeps in, though. It creeps in. Like, mm-hmm. you don't even notice that it's there until, like, you start, like, paying attention to, like, all the, like, facets of filmmaking. Yeah. I like the, I like the mutton chops here. Gotta get that 70s. You never see the kids either. That's such an interesting choice. I feel like there probably wouldn't be any kids there. They they dubbed that. Yeah. <laughs> you could have someone reading off just at the side. Please rush to editor. Hey, this looks like the Zodiac's handwriting. And she still just opens it like nothing. Yeah. Hmm. Is this blood? Our two leads meet, Ruffalo and Hall. It's strange to think about who the lead is in this movie because I I think it's clearly Hall, but like, if you think about it, like, Mark Ruffalo didn't show up till 30 minutes into it, and then mm-hmm. Downey just disappears, like, in the second yeah. or third act. Essentially, it starts with Hall, then it goes, the entire middle movie is, like, Ruffalo, then it goes back to Hall. It's an interesting choice. I mean, any other person I'd say definitely couldn't do that, but Fincher's just one yeah. of Like, he can definitely move the momentum with specific characters. That's so interesting to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and roughly the trash. Yeah, he's ruffling to the trash. <laughs> that little switch to the notebook. Mtoski. <laughs> He holds a cigarette like Cillian Murphy and Oppie. Yeah. God, just the camera movements are so like perfectly done. They're just so precise. They're like so like gentle for a movie that does not feel gentle. Mm-hmm. Like there's just something so eerie about the way that he places the camera in specific spots where like the characters feel like they're being watched the entire time. 
and speaking of like the score, the score came back in here. He uses like three different things for each character. Like um, Graysmith is like the piano tune. Yeah, you can hear it there. Um, and then I think with um, Toski, he uses like more of like a trumpet. I've never noticed the Toski one. You got Sacramento. And then I think for the the Zodiac Killer, he was using like um, he uses like more strings, like deep strings. Adds like a sense of like uh, tension to it. Almost feels yeah. like a looming danger. R.I.P. Fill a bigger hole. What would you say is your favorite performance from him? Um, my personal favorite is Magnolia. I think he yeah, kills it. That movie, great that. You know what movie no one will say, but he's absolutely hilarious in is Fired Up. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie where he plays the football coach. <laughs> <laughs> he's like I, in I two scenes. It. He's in like two scenes, and he just absolutely nails it. It's like. So I saw dead. it once like years ago, but I do think like that's like the only thing I remember about that movie is he is just freaking yeah. hilarious. He just like screams at them for like no reason. <laughs> Never thought I'd mention fired up while watching Zodiac. David Fincher can do fired up, but the director <laughs> fired up could never do Zodiac. <laughs> I don't even know his name. Henry Fonda and Vera Miles and the wrong man. <laughs> Perfect poster for this movie. Possibly a latent homosexual. <laughs> I like how that comes back. Yeah, it's like yeah. one of those like moments you like kind of miss if you don't pay attention. Mm. Just him typing away something like really small. Oh, Dermot Maroney. He's wearing a fat suit here. Is that a fat God. suit? Yeah. <laughs> he was like, I guess Fincher said he was like too fit. They're like, yeah, you need to be a little heavier. He was like, had like a six, like ripped, like six pack. <laughs> like, so let's put this little uh, beer belly on you. You like beer now. I love the character trait he gives um, Toski too. Like he's always kind of just like eating, just munching on something. Yeah, the 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 way that he shows up to like all of these like meeting with his partner, and then his partner has to give him like half of a sandwich every yeah. time. It's so funny. Right, like animal crackers, like he had animal crackers on his desk there. Like he's always just like kind of munching on something. The animal crackers. He shows up at like a restaurant later and takes like half his friend's sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> He he has like animal crackers in his car too, because I think there's a point later where Melvin Belli is like in his vehicle and he's like, "Do you ever like wash this yeah. car?" <laughs> Every single person in this movie is just well casted. Mm -hmm. I was just about to say that, <laughs> literally. 
because they're only in some of them are only in like two scenes and they just like nail it. That's my that's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> I don't work in Vallejo. I work here. I'll say that at work sometimes. I'm like, I don't know. I don't work in post. I work here. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in the mail. We don't have Telefax yet. The way that like whoever the Zodiac killer was was smart enough to like commit all of these murders in different districts and like jurisdictions mm -hmm. just so that like none of the police officers could get any sort of like on the same page at all like there was no communication whatsoever happening at oh, yeah. where they could actually like get this done yeah these two these two played the police officers that like saw him that night it's a good moment though they i don't know if they ever break away from the shot i think they might but when they when you're just watching this whole moment right here it's it's it feels like you're talking to little kids you know what i mean yeah yeah, like you have them sit down because they're like, we basically we fucked up. <laughs> yeah. It's like mom and dad are angry now. Like right between the, their legs, too. It works so well. Yeah. And then I like once they get a little more like, ease into the conversation like you you bring the camera outside of there and you pull it up a little bit because they're like a little more comfortable talking now because they're mm -hmm. just nervous to like say anything she's like we're bad cop bad cop here <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah idiots you should just slap him across the face <laughs> <laughs> then they then you cut back to being like oh yeah we're really fucked up bad that looks so good there just <laughs> Mom and dad are mad at us. Also, if you're not really paying attention to this, like if you don't like you look down or whatever, like this movie jumps around time like a lot. Like this yeah. is two days later. Like, like every every other <laughs> shot is got like some time jump at the bottom of the screen. Yeah, so like, like two weeks later. Three days later, four hours later. Like <laughs> I think it works for this movie. There's a lot of movies that I would say it doesn't work for, but this one it's like almost necessary. Like it's so essential to understanding the timeline of everything. Mm -hmm. Lamone Snyder. Yeah. And I also love, like, in the beginning, like, um, Robert Downey Jr.'s character, like, see how his shirt's, like, all, like, unbuttoned now? Yeah. Like, he had the scarf. He was all, like, perfectly dressed. And, He's like, like it, losing it. Like he's starting to, you see, you can start to see his slowly descent into like madness of like trying to like figure out this guy, so he becomes like less like taking care of himself. The the moment like it's much later in the film, but whenever he like or Jake Gyllenhaal, Gray Smith's character, he like talks to him and he's like, "Are you okay?" And he's like, "No." Oh, yeah, he's like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He looks just like an absolute mess. Again, be at work. Are you okay? <laughs> no. <laughs> He like pats him on the shoulder too. He goes, "Thanks yeah. for asking." <laughs> Thanks for asking, though, because that's all we all really feel that way, though. No, I'm not okay, but thanks for asking. Lo love me, Iraq. Focus. 
Just like the camera movements there, like you could easily pull out and just have her like pick up the phone and hand it to him, but you just move the camera with her picking up the phone. He always guides your eye. Yeah. It's it's insane talking to people who aren't like into movies, like explaining to them why a movie may not be so like visually entertaining about stuff like that. And then you show them an example mm -hmm. of that and they're like, Well, you're just nitpicking. It's just like I'm not nitpicking. Yeah. It's it's genuinely just one of those things where like yeah. as a viewer, you can easily like follow what's happening. It makes it much more engaging to watch. And it's something yeah. super small, but it works so well. Mm -hmm. Uh there he is. <laughs> Mr. Um, Roy. Like, I gotta get back to my tower. I'm the eldest boy. <laughs> How funny would it be if, like, in this moment right here, like, he's walking the building and it's just Kendall talking. He's like, Dad, Dad, <laughs> what are we gonna do with this? Dad, uh, Dad, uh. <laughs> Dad, uh. I'm not sure if it's such a good idea if you go on air right now. I mean, me and Shiv were talking about it, and we think it should be yeah. one of us. <laughs> Tom would be in the back saying some stupid shit. <laughs> what a show. We need more 70s reporting movies. We really do. Maybe not even just reporting movies, but just 70s. Movies that take place in like the 70s and 80s to begin with. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we'll get right back to the Zodiac Killer. Anyway, here's a <laughs> slink. Got the Jack Palance Shelly Winters poster in the back. <laughs> He's a nerd. He he really is like he's just like me for real. Ruffalo actually defended the amount of takes. <laughs> he loved it. I feel like Ruffalo would be a real chill guy to work with. And he's oh, got yeah. such a strange body of work. Like, the man went from doing this to, like, the all the Avengers movies and then Dark Waters and Spotlight. Oh, yeah. I mean, if I was an actor, like, I wouldn't turn down an Avengers movie. I feel like I'd be like, they're going to offer me, like, $10 million to do this. Like, why would I say no? <laughs> it's like, who cares if it sucks? <laughs> like, <laughs> This is one of those movies that, like, every time I watch it, I think about it, and I'm like, I just want this as a criterion. Mm -hmm. Imagine the artwork. Imagine the disc. I feel like they would just do the same artwork, like the Zodiac letter. You know? Yeah, that could work. You have the, do you have the case Benjamin, Benjamin Button on criterion, like the Blu-ray for it? Oh, yeah. The cheapest criterion. You can get that for five bucks. Yeah. It's such a strange, like, like, a, I think about that legal, all the time. It's like a legal dispute with, like, Warner Brothers, I think. Was but it Warner Brothers? It's a, it's a, it may it's have a been. Criterion. It's like a criterion. They're the ones that distributed it, but yeah. Yeah. You can get it for five bucks. 
cheapest criterion the david lynch movie the art life that one goes for not too much either if you find it on amazon mm-hmm. i've got amazon, some pretty good deals on, on some amazon usually has, amazon usually has criterion like pretty low dude facebook marketplace i'm That's telling you i you can get like a pretty good good deal on some things every now and then if you just really look for them mm-hmm. that lawrence of arabia 4k i got for five dollars This would be actually be terrifying, like to listen to. I'd be like, "Wait, is this actually the Zodiac Killer?" Because this is terrifying. <laughs> Obviously, it's proven not. A, but dude, I get scared of it doing a phone <laughs> call to anybody that I know, like let alone a freaking serial killer. <laughs> I always love that too. Like right there, he's like, "I'm gonna kill those kids," and he cuts the Robert Downey Jr. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I got something to write now. Like, good job, guys. <laughs> I love that poster that there is of this, like the scene where they're all like up in that room. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but this shot of like all the the cars under this bridge reminds me of the French Connection. Oh yeah. <laughs> what a secret meeting! <laughs> there's like <laughs> helicopters. There's like two helicopters. <laughs> <laughs> why do i feel like he's still logan roy <laughs> i know and he'll always be logan roy now even in like troy you know that's logan roy <laughs> like... <laughs> isn't that guy in it's always sunny in philadelphia too he's like one of the twins Oh, the guy that was just there, who was in the... Um... I can't remember what his name is. He's a really good actor, though. I forget what his name is, and I feel bad. He's only in... Basically, for that scene, he's a good actor. I think I don't think he... He's probably only been in this, honestly. For the movie? Yeah. I think there's a scene... I think the final scene... Not the final scene, but the scene towards the end where he's like identifying him in the pictures. He's in that, too. Unless so that's, that's like um, an extended cut thing. That's supposed to be um the first scene. Um, oh, that's him. Never mind. I think that's, that's, that's you, you're, you're thinking of you're thinking the guy at the very end is in Always Sunny. That's who it was. They look yeah. similar. Mm-hmm. But he plays because in the first scene, the one the the guy that survives is Minkus from Boy Meets World. But he plays oh yeah, an yeah, old, right, he plays right. an older version like of him like twenty or thirty years later supposed to be. It's interesting that they have that same kind of energy with like Toski and uh, Inspector Williams here, where they're like they they feel like kids like listening to a parent like get mm-hmm. them in trouble, mm-hmm. almost like they feel like they've not done their job or something. Yeah.
He's like, hey, this guy knows some stuff. I love this. <laughs> I like when he has this like little blue fruit yeah. drink. Uh, I love this whole like, dialogue here. Where he's like, this can no longer be ignored. What is that you are drinking? <laughs> it's <ridiculous. laughs> It's like you wouldn't hate it so much if you tried it. Then he's got like five of them yeah. in front of him. I love that too. What do you like to do? I love to read. Um, I enjoy books. Those are the same things. <laughs> like, <laughs> is he like that way? Even the wife went through my trash. Yeah, we'll get back to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a fruity name too. An aqua velvet. Yeah, you make fun of me. I was like, dude. It does drink does look good. I probably would pound like ten. It of them. looks it looks really <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, I'm like, I'd be in the booth too, hammered, like ten of those deep. What did you drink tonight? I had ten aqua velvets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing coke right there. <laughs> he's he's trying to be subtle too. Like he's not yeah. doing well. Just losing it, slowly losing it. Double L. <laughs> that like little like <laughs> look of just approval, like he was right. Yeah. I think they in twenty twenty they um. I guess a zodiac litter that they never like figured out. Someone like figured it out in like 2020. Yeah, supposedly basically, basically someone said, like, found this, out who it was, but he basically said like the same thing again. Like you're never gonna find me. Essentially, he's probably dead by now, or they're probably dead. Oh yeah, he'd have to be. What are you talking about? It's, it's Ted Cruz. <laughs> it's Ted Cruz. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, he'd be. He'd probably be like like what a hundred now. Like there's no way. That's why I I think I think it was multiple people that probably would make more sense. I don't know. Whenever he's like breaking it down in the in the diner and he's telling him like, "Hey, well, he was in prison for this amount of time." Like they must yeah. have had to been smart enough to know like, but, if one person's yeah. in jail, then like we can't do this with yeah. us writing the letters. I think it was like doing this. Like someone would do the killings, but then someone else would write the letters. Yeah, the whole thing with like him being ambidextrous kind of adds to that. Yeah. many basements in california i love that line i use that line all the time for some reason yeah. someone will mention a basement but there's not many basements in california someone will be like we're in atlanta yeah i do <laughs> i do the wide angle the light turning off oh my gosh yeah that's one of those scenes that like genuinely scares the crap out of me. the first time i saw it, it scared me so bad Yeah, I think for the director's cut, this scene is a little extended. It's not like much, honestly, the director's cut. It kind of just adds a little, like, a couple more dialogue scenes. It's it's strange for me to watch a movie that has a director's cut and then watch the theatrical cut because most of the time, if it has a director's cut, I stick to watching the director's cut. Mm -hmm. And so I never notice what's missing. 
But if I go from a theatrical to director's cut, I can always tell what they're adding. Oh yeah, like I'll I'll never go back to watching Lord of the Rings uh, theatrical. Oh cuts. yeah, no, only extended. Sorry, only extended. <laughs> we're, we're we're spending twelve hours watching this. <laughs> I will clear out my whole day to watch this. I do not care. <laughs> He's such a, he's so well-spoken. The real story is a letter. His voice is so perfect. Like, if you'd heard his voice, you'd be like, you should do something with your voice. You should be an actor or something. He looks like Colonel Sanders here. Oh, the highway scene. Two and a half months later, that's like, yeah. every other scene in this is just one jump to another one. Would you pull over? Honestly, no. I <laughs> feel <laughs> like, why is this person behind me? I would, I would probably wait until I got somewhere safe because I'm the kind of person that, like, road rage, I do not mess with at all. Mm -hmm. Especially if it's someone behind me. Like, if they pulled up next to me and tried to tell me something, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'll pull over for you now because you were nice enough to... Yeah, and each like each of these scenes, like the voice is like a little bit different. Again, to throw you off. It's like is is it multiple people all claiming to be the Zodiac? You never notice that there's a baby either until like I think there's a shot like right after this when mm -hmm. she like looks down and like comforts it a little bit. Yeah. But like that that little stuff right there, you could see the watch. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very subtle. It's just all great, like blocking, like which is fun. I think the studio originally wanted them to like possibly do it around like the Zodiac, like have him kind of be the main character. I don't but know if that like, would work. Yeah, I think Fincher is like that. You, this wouldn't work. I think because they had the script and like they wanted to kind of work it more as in to be like make half the movie like following the possible Zodiac, which is essentially, I guess, Dirty Harry in a way, which is essentially the Zodiac killer. This is probably a soundstage too, or a set. I wouldn't be surprised. Have you seen the credits that James Vanderbilt has for like his filmography, the ones that he's written? Uh, I haven't probably not recently now. It's insane. This is, I would say, like the only movie that I would say is genuinely like great. Everything else in yeah. there is pretty okay. You got Scream 5 and Scream 6, which are pretty good. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I forgot he made the new ones. He did. I mean, Amazing Spider-Man, the first one is pretty okay. Mm -hmm. What an interesting filmography for like he does. For somebody who's done like such a good job with this movie. Yeah, especially because I think this shooting script was like 200 pages. I think the actual screen, the screenplay was 150. 
But yeah, their That's shooting script was like over 200 pages. And Fincher was like, just speak faster. <laughs> speak faster, that fasting, the ed- <laughs> yeah. editing faster. Yeah, they're like, Dave, this is a lot of dialogue. Yeah, just speak faster. Dude. <clears throat> You've heard that story about like the social network, right? Like how like the studio was not, didn't think they could get it under two hours. And then they just told them to like, yeah, do the table raid. And they did and kind of proved it to them. <laughs> I think Fincher was also one of the, like that shot there of the, gas station going by when it showed it reflecting on the window i think he was one of the first people to like have that like reflecting because essentially they'll have the screen above the like high up because they're just sitting still in like a sound stage mm-hmm. so they'll project that onto the top like a the screen like shooting down on top of the car so it'll project like people things are going past them when they're just sitting there i think he was like the fun of the first person to ever do that such an innovative man I mean, this is all like CGI right here. Half of it, <laughs> like that entire backdrop is just all. It's terrifying. not distracting, though. Like, it's one of those things where like looking at it now, I mean, it's 2007. You can clearly tell it's CG. Oh, yeah, you can it's, tell, yeah. It's CG that works so well for the story and it doesn't take you out of it. Whereas like mm-hmm. other movies, no matter how good the CG is, it's like, you're not going to fool me with this. It looks uh, bad. Yeah. I love this guy's line. He says, dear God, or something like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus is what he says. I do the same thing. Like, did you just like, is it like, uh, I love how you can't see her face there. A lot of, there's a lot of that here. A lot of the cinematography and a lot of like the way that he shoots this me reminds me a lot of prisoners. Yeah. Oh, I, I think he was saying he didn't want it because I think that obviously they were like the studio was like make it like seven and he's like well I don't want to make seven too like he wanted to look the same yeah so he like because seven's like looks very dark so he like kind of brought the color up a little more yeah seven's very dark as far as like it's one of those movies that like I watch it at night exclusively because it's, it's, it works so well at night, but also yeah. like you can't see anything through the day. Because if you're like, oh, from the director of Seven, you're like, oh, it's going to be exactly like Seven. Like, He didn't want to make a second movie. No. I get that. What's crazy, though, is that like whenever I think of Seven, like I do think of this movie, but not because it's David Fincher. They're just so similar, but also like they're so different in so many ways. Mm-hmm. The style is completely different. The energy of it is completely different. Like this entire scene right here. Yeah, because he was always, I think, his he was always original choice for it to direct, but he was wanted to do that Black Dahlia. That it just never still got like off to the see ground. That. Just never got off the ground, and so they're like, "Hey, now that that's not going to happen, do this." And thank God he did. Oh. I love when he's what is he telling me? He's like, you got a problem with telling me. He's like, who am I gonna tell? Yeah, the best is that he's not even looking. He goes left or <laughs> rear. <laughs> yeah, who <laughs> left? Yeah, he probably has to tell. Who am I gonna tell? <laughs> like, he's like so like. <laughs> He's like, he's like, you're right, you're right, you're right. (laughs) 
much hair. Sorry if you can hear like my his jacket. You see his jacket? The back of that. Look at that. Tell me you wouldn't rock that. Dude, I'd rock like all these clothes. We should bring him back. And that hairstyle and goatee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like bag. Look at that. I would wear that. Look at that. <laughs> so cool. Forward anyway. Who would I tell? He like gets so offended too. He like, who would I tell? <laughs> he just has that in his pocket, like nothing. Mm -hmm. They actually reopened the Zodiac case after this movie. Because people became more interested in it again. I mean, I think I would be too. I wrote a whole report on it. But it's kind of just like, it's something that will just never be solved. But I guess there was like a, that guy like about a year or two ago. Like I think he brought it up earlier. He brought, um, that claimed he was a Zodiac on his deathbed. Mm -hmm. But it was like never proven. They're like, oh, I don't the cops are like, nah, I don't think he was. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Like a guy would say, like, imagine if it really was yeah. him and he was like, I'm the Zodiac. And the cops were like, yeah. mm, probably not. Yeah, BT dubs, I'm the Zodiac. <laughs> <laughs> he goes over to Paul. He's like, hey, does anyone ever call me names? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, we can't say that word anymore. <laughs> Nobody calls me <laughs> They don't call me names. <laughs> he really said no. Yeah. How much of the shirt did he cut off? Um. Right. I'm just taking pills. Yeah. What do you say? I want a gun. Yeah, I want a gun. <laughs> As he wears the U.S. Army jacket, I want a gun. <laughs> <laughs> and he's so bad. <laughs> this is this is this is the outfit I want to rock. This should, this is a Halloween outfit. I am not. I'm not, no, I'm not Avery. Is like what, yeah. what sets it off. With, with the headphones, like the noise, like the sil silencer headphones, and just that hat. I am not <laughs> This guy has a date. We don't see that much of pe people using newspapers as a umbrella anymore. We need to bring that back. Like, it's not newspapers anymore. It's probably why. 
You know what I mean, Pat. You know what I mean. <laughs> we'll just buy them to do that. Oh, the great Chloe. I watched Gumo for the first time recently, and I was like, that is not her, and it was her. She's such a good actress. She's strangely like... She's so good in this. She really is just gorgeous, but in such a... Like, like not conventionally pretty, I think. If that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Like, she is, but she isn't. She has such distinct features. Did you see Bones and All? Yeah. Dude, she's in that for like two seconds, and I saw her on screen, and I was like, what is she doing here? And then (laughs) she just never showed up again. It's like one of those, I need you for a scene, I'm there. (laughs) Like if Fincher called you, I need you for one scene, I'm there. Oh, I'd be there, like in a second. (laughs) Like the more I watch this movie, the more I'd like, I'd like love her performance, like probably one of the most in this. She's what? got a point. She's got a point. He like wait, laughs wait. it off here for a second too. He's like, wait. Paul has a gun. gun. <laughs> oh. All good. He really shut her down. So he said, Paul has a gun. So yeah. <laughs> I it's very like subtle here. Like it always it makes you look like it seemed he like he didn't bring any money. Like he's like he doesn't have his like and she's like uh, you're a grown man dude (laughs) he's like yeah you got any cheating It's also interesting there what he did because he he would shoot her like kind of like a medium close up, like mm-hmm. in the beginning of the conversation, and he and Joan Hall was more like shot a little wider, and then once Joan Hall was like, wait, it might be the Zodiac, then he pushed in a little bit more because he got a little more serious. Very subtle things that they can do with a camera. That I don't think on mm-hmm. Remotus. I love this. I love this right here. <laughs> she says, "Are you trying to get me to go home with you?" He's like, what? No. He's like, it's so He's good. so innocent, too. He's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's just like the nicest person. Wait, what? No. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's like, it's working. I'll get the food to go. <laughs> and it does. She goes home with him and she sleeps on his couch while he waits for yeah. the phone. <laughs> Paul, you went to it in an abandoned gas station. <laughs> like, I love his little fit here. Yeah. Skulking around. Smoking the cig. I find it interesting that they never do show who he talks to either. Mm-hmm. Like it would have been so easy for them to show it. And they like he chooses not to, and it... 
it doesn't like bother me, but it's one of those things that I'm like, I wonder who he did talk to. Yeah. It could have just been someone like handing him like a folder. I mean, like, look here. The James Bond poster in the background. I never noticed how much there is in the back. You are not going to believe this. I love when he delivers the line here. The marked man. on TV. He looks up in the air. The marked man. He looks up in the air. It's real. How do I know it's real? Saw it on TV. <laughs> what I knew in my gut run. <laughs> Who talks like that? <laughs> sure, really. <laughs> I love when you board planes like that. Obviously not from the back of the plane, but when you walk onto the tarmac. It looks cool. Makes you want to do it. The the there's like the Long Beach airport here, like Southwest flies out of it, and you like walk onto the tarmac to get on. It's fun. You're like, wow. It's like the seventies all over again. <laughs> I wasn't even alive then. wildly you just like smoke on these planes then like just light one up <laughs> like this is the designated smoking area even though the smoke will travel to the back of the plane it's insane that you were allowed to smoke anywhere <laughs> back in the day like you really like lucked the designated, out like like us probably growing up like that was the end of that smoking area sections in like restaurants whenever i was going up there was a there was a uh a, a movie theater that was in my hometown that was like really small it burned down whenever i was like five or six but there used to be a specific room where you could go and smoke during the movie that's wild it had burned down not th- not from smoking but like it burned down because <laughs> <of light. laughs> can you imagine like that's what it burned down yeah. from um i think a lightning strike hit it and something happened but the the like it burned down and they rebuilt another theater like two or three years later Zodiac so, yeah, has bad handwriting. Fucking <laughs> get his shit together. This guy needs to go to freaking handwriting school. Jesus. I hate that cap. I don't know what it is about it. Every time I see me, I'm like, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> Fall <Paul Avery. laughs> Yeah. So many camera setups. Even just for a reaction shot. 
I mean, he's probably got like right here, probably on those angles. He's got, got two going. Yeah, but even then, I mean, how many different setups can you do with two cameras? Yeah. Like he, he, there's like one shot that they broke down. I saw one time of the social network that was like 86 different angles for like a 10, 15 minute sequence. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're gonna, if you're if you're an actor like David Fincher is gonna hire you, like you have to know what you're getting into. I respect it though. Which I think Jake Gyllenhaal was like, kind of like, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, but I think Robert Downey Jr. was like, yeah, I could do it, but I would kind of <laughs> mess with, I'd mess with Fincher and purposely mess up takes, just to piss him off. <laughs> and then, but just Mark Ruffalo, Ruffalo all I could see Ruffalo being like, I'm all in, like I'll do a hundred takes if you need me to. But I, I get both sides of it. Like if you're a director or something, it's like, well, I got, I, I got what I needed, line. I got what I needed, but. I have, we have another 20 minutes. Let's do it again. Like, let's let's do keep it, going. get what we need, right? Yeah. We will get some better other, out of it. The other aspect of it being like, look, we did this 45 times, dude. Do you have it? Like, we clearly nailed it. Like, sometimes you're just on. missing one or two things, yeah. man. It's, it's like, you just gotta, you'll know it when you hear it. Yeah. That's also another thing. It's like, if you're editing a Fincher movie, like, be prepared. That's why they're edited so perfect. Because you're going to have a lot of takes. So for like, and then for these, like, you would never, you don't shoot them in the same frame because you're just like, they're just disconnected from these people. Like these is, these are ridiculous. Like I'm not, I'm just here to (laughs) field a possible lead. So you, each one's separate. It's like these people are like they just. This is my favorite dude that says this whole yeah. thing. I don't know. You do the math. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. You do the You're math. a cop, man. Do the math. Yeah. So you like you separate them each one until you get to this guy, and you keep them in the frame. Reminds me a lot of Mindhunter. Yeah, so like then you switch to like oh he's more interested now so you keep it in the frame then you put the title eight months later like very subtle this is how annoying i am when i watch movies because this is how my brain works yeah. <laughs> i'm the exact same way dude everyone hates it it's like uh that stupid film degree i got I will say some of the wigs in this movie aren't very good. Like that. That dude's yeah. wig looks amazing. I don't know what you're talking about. Because Anthony Edwards has a wig on here. His looks good, make though. His hair, make his hair look more gray. I would imagine they probably make his look good. Just, I mean, he's yeah. a main character. They kind of got to commit to it. But that other dude, it's like, he can be on screen for five seconds, dude. Yeah. Which is funny that sometimes, like, Fincher even used Jake Hall's hands for those close-ups. Like, for that, like, even Anthony Edwards there. It's like, most of the time, they'll just use anyone's hands just mm-hmm. to get those close-ups. Those inserts. Someone's yelling outside my apartment right now. They can't hear. <laughs> Pacing in this movie is just so good. 
There's not a minute that's wasted, man. That's what I mean when I yeah. say that. Like I started this in the middle of the night, thinking I'll get halfway through this and then finish it tomorrow, and I just stayed up the entire night watching it. Oh yeah, like even right there, like he filled up his the water and the water fountain, and him walking, it was like right there. You pan, like he leans forward, so you pan the camera. You're, all of the body movements are with within the camera. It's, it's just like so subtle. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. Take your sandwich, dude. Take your sandwich. <laughs> I, love it. I love how he takes the tomato out. Tomato off. He always takes yeah. it off. Man, I can... BLT is a great sandwich. <laughs> I can go for I BLT right now. I've had one of those in so long. Are you done with everything? Yeah, I did. I took one bite. <laughs> you can have it. You really time. did only take like one bite of the <laughs> But I didn't sandwich. pay yet, so you gotta pay. Oh, that close up as soon as he realizes it. What? Even like the cameras right here, like this technique there, like you would. You shoot him the close-ups because he's still not in with them, but he's listening to them. So you shoot over the shoulder, but you still yeah, separate like, him like a, like a parent, asking. almost like, "All right, I'll, yeah. I'll hear you out for a second. When he's asking the question, like it's it's close up on him because he's still not like fully on board. But uh, this, this is, is this, this is, this is I think, scene. the best scene in the whole oh, film. Yeah. This is the best scene in the entire movie. This scene, if you ever want to be an editor, watch this scene. This is a scene to study. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> There's those like shots as soon as he says that he's not the Zodiac. And then there's just like a close up of every single one of their faces as soon as he says that. And it's just like them looking at him. Shoot, shoot them through the cage of POV. Like it's like you're, you're walking into like basically like an arena right now. His, his, his coworker, do you see the way he's looked at him? John Carroll Lynch is so good in this scene. This is um John Krasinski's cousin. Oh, is it really? Yeah. That's how John Krasinski got uh, started. That's crazy. It's all like, oh, it's so good. He's like, you, there's like you three of them the just camera. all on one. You, yeah, you keep like the camera outside and he's always like, he's nervous. It's funny, like, oh, it's when he leans back is when the seats this really starts right here. Oh, perfect. And he just looks at his leg. Oh, it's so good. It's a lot of really subtle stuff that works so well, but like, I don't think people really notice it when they're watching it the first time because it, it yeah. just it it just grabs you, man. 
Very subtle. Shows the watch. More relaxed, leaning back. But he also like also shoots the um each of the three of them all separate too. Yeah, like they have their own opinions. Like they're all kind all of like going opinion, back and yeah. forth on whether or not they believe him. Yeah, yeah, that's the shot I was talking about. <laughs> God, it's yeah. so good. As soon as he notices the watch, too, it just completely changes the whole dynamic of the scene. Mm -hmm. oh, he's so like I would give him an Oscar nom just for this scene alone. <laughs> I'd be like, so good. This is my favorite part coming up. When he brings the camera's been outside the entire time, but right here, and he brings it inside, and then he goes right back to inside to him. Eyeline, to Ed, the, it's the it's, only shot that they do with him like that, too. Yeah, inside, and he's like basically staring down the barrel to you. And then you then you pull back as in like because he was kind of threatening there as in like he, he hides it as soon as he says yeah. that so you bring the you bring the camera back out it's so more just like a, that was a direct like a threat from him to them just happens to have a zodiac watch I mean, honestly, if I was a detective, I'd be like, look, I'm going to arrest him right now because I think I, I, think I <laughs> I'll left take that in right now. <laughs> <laughs> I got him stop me. He just started talking and said that he had knives in his car, blood. <laughs> He's wearing a Zodiac watch. He has a take that to Take that to he a said, judge I'm not the Zodiac. alive in jail. <laughs> I'm not the Zodiac. And if I was, I certainly wouldn't tell you. I think I have enough evidence. <laughs> <laughs> his favorite his favorite movie is the most dangerous game come on guys what are we doing judge give me the arrest warrant <laughs> you're gonna listen to this and tell me i'm wrong <laughs> judge would be like damn book him <laughs> oh my gosh Not Phil. Phil's like, what did I do? But then you bring it back in at the end because it's like he still has control in that scene because he's they don't they have no idea what the hell just happened. <laughs> like, like probably like what the fuck just happened, guys? They got a guy. They they like the guy that they got. Yeah. Yeah, John Krasinski's cousin, John Carroll Lynch. I didn't know that they were related at all. That's crazy. Ugh, they finished that in such a good way too. Yeah, and then you bring it to like the bars. Looks like bars between them. Could this guy be it? Yes. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your brother's a psycho. So <laughs> even if How he did... isn't, even if he isn't, you really should pay attention to your brother because he's kind of crazy. He was just like, I think my brother's a Zodiac. Como City say, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, like your brother's yeah. the fucking Zodiac. Yeah. Bro, why do you think we're sitting here? If Don told you my brother's a Zodi, he is. (laughs) There's this editing trick. I can't remember who it was that... um... I think it was Aaron Sorkin actually that was talking about it with David Fincher and editing the social network, but talking about like starting scenes with a conversation that picks up from another scene. So it mm-hmm. always feels like you're keeping up, like you're tr- like you're behind yeah. in some way, shape or form. But for some reason, the editing in this movie feels like it all flows so well from one scene to the next because they're mm-hmm. talking about what they learned the last scene to whoever they're informing on the next scene. Yeah. And then just whatever they whatever we didn't see on screen. I think that can work and also sometimes it doesn't because like I'll rewatch like Entourage and like they'll talk about like it'll the scene will end and I'll cut to them walking and talking and they're talking about what just happened but then I'm like what were they talking about for the last 30 minutes of them getting to this point <laughs> of them walking so like, you, you, like it's like but it's obviously it's like it's a movie or a television show so it's like it, you buy it but like at the same time it's like what were they talking about before this like it's been like They've all been together now for probably like an hour. <laughs> and now they're just like bringing it up. <laughs> I'll, I think the reason it works really well for this movie is because it is something of like an investigation movie. Like we're, yeah, we have yeah, just as much information as they do. Yeah. And so sure. if this is your first time watching it, it just feels like it flows very well. Yeah, you're, you're just following along with them. The case is unraveling while you're watching as well. Ah, here it is. Here it comes. I like how the billboard changes too. Something super subtle. Some slight transitions. Two great transitions. This and then just the black screen. Black screen with just music and audio. And then just seven years later. That's how you do a transition. That's one of my favorite like time jumps. Building one of the most famous buildings in anymore, San man. Fran. Like one year later. Look, man, that is bump. <laughs> I was just in the bathroom snoring coke. <laughs> That's right here. That's what he says. What he looks up the marked man. Right here. The marked man. <laughs> the marked man. <laughs> If I was like watching the monitor of him when he delivered that, I'd be like, I would be dying. I'd be like, oh, I'm using that. I can tell you this right now, dude. Like, I would, they would have to like tie me up to not laugh. I'd be like, oh, I'd be like, oh, I'm using that. That's so good. Marked (laughs) man. Like, if he ad libbed that, I'd be. Here it comes. Uh, 
He tries to hide the pill bottle. Yeah. He ain't slick, bud. No. no. Thanks for asking. That little pat that he gives them. <laughs> Shorty's just getting himself some coffee right now, dude. Man, they get enough evidence, man. Rest warrant. What are they fucking waiting for? Lock him up. Dermot's like, no, we can't yet. Dude doesn't age. He looks the same. Now, when he's in Scream. Uh, my girlfriend worked with him on a movie. Oh, really? Yeah, my girlfriend. Is she an actor? Is she an actor? Yeah, she's an actress. She, uh, well, actually, I should say this. She didn't work with him, but she worked on the same movie as him. He was, he was just in the movie, yeah. Mm-hmm. She worked on this film called The Inhabitant for, like, one scene. But he's in it. He's in it, which is cool. Does it come see. out yet? It's out on Hulu. So if you watch it, it's mm. on Hulu. Nice. But yeah, I have the Blu-ray for it. You know, got to support the, got to support the wife. Got to add it to the collection. Because you're in the Atlanta area, right? Yes, yes. We actually, she actually shot that scene before we even moved out here. So, mm. um, but yeah, we're we moved out here, and then as soon as we moved out here, it was writer strike, and then almost immediately after the actor strike. Might be resolved soon. Might be resolved this week. I'm hoping so, but I mean, they're talking about like still wanting to use AI, and I'm like, they're not going to go for that at all. Yeah. I don't know though. Whenever that writer strike announcement happened, I was like, "Dude, it's not going to happen." And then it did, and I was just like, "Oh, thank God." Mm-hmm. The studio, they responded today pretty quickly. The studios about they already had amendments to their AI. So, and they talked, they've been talking for a while. Hopefully the actors get what they deserve. Absolutely. So we, that's what we make movies for. Shouldn't be using AI. Why does this man just have a squirrel? Yeah, if I walked into if I walked into his trailer, I'd be like, he has squirrels as I'd be like, get get the judge on the phone right now. <laughs> he has squirrels as pets. They're you dead in not the a killer. He's got like 18 guns back here. <laughs> like, but I guess the point they got this, they got the search warrant, so that's why they're in here. He's got little nudie mags. Yeah. He's like, hey, I have this copy. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen This Is The End? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Whenever he's like, who jerked off into the nudie bag? (laughs) 
I feel weird like watching James Franco movies now. It's strange, I'll admit. That's one of those things where it's like he did. He did always give me some weird vibe, but he did always have kind of a weird vibe. This guy, okay, so you lock one squirrel up and then you just leave one out like nothing. Yeah. He's got gloves. Oh, no. Game one, boots. He's got a good... No, two guns! <laughs> a revolver. Yeah, interesting. There's an M1 rifle over here. <laughs> <laughs> It's basically just being like, yeah, he is part of the army. How funny would it be if he just pulled up and they walked out with a gun in their hand, like, yeah, <laughs> like what we found. Like the, I always find it funny when you watch like the JFK assassination, like the when they were watching the, the JFK Martin, assassination like, for fun. Like the, well, I was watching. There's a new documentary out about it, like, <laughs> but it's when they when they parade around like. Like, it's so interesting watching, like, old, how they would treat suspects back then. Like, they would just walk them around in front of the press. Like, it was nothing. Like, just transferring him from holding holding cell to, like, interrogation room. And then they were they just walked around with the murder weapon, like, the rifle. The cops were just holding it in the air. Like, just kept walking around. <laughs> That's insane. I was like, what is, like, like, you look at it, you're like, God, this is so wild. Like, this would never happen now. Like just walking around like and the reporters were like right there like you could touch the cop like holding the like, it was like a show for them yeah basically like that's what it was it's just wild it's called one day in america jfk assassination is it streaming on something uh, i think it's on hulu and disney plus okay i think we have hulu i don't know i've i've been like i almost never use streaming just because i'm a big physical media person as well but also mm-hmm. just I forget that I have services, so I just cancel them after a while. Yeah. I mean, honestly, we really don't really need, we don't need all these services. There's just too much of it. Fucking Criterion. That's all I need. That's all I need. That's crazy that we both got the others, though. Mm hmm. Without even consulting. Yeah, I saw it there. I was like, I'll get it. 4K. I I gotta hold off on buying a lot of them. I own too many of them and I like it's I don't need to keep buying that many at once. <laughs> like they'll they'll always be there. <laughs> I don't know, man. I really like collecting them. I keep telling myself I don't need I, to get I wish them. I could own I'll, all I'll just them. keep getting them. Oh yeah. yeah there's t- they, there's they, way they too have, many. Um, I'm definitely gonna get Mean Streets and Last Picture Show though. Mean Streets I already pre ordered. Um I haven't ordered Last Picture Show yet, but I'm definitely thinking about it. Ah, oh, the dirty hairy uh yeah, I was. Um, Andy's, that's funny. I was reading up that like, Clint Eastwood didn't. He like didn't want them to show Dirty Harry in this. He was like, they. I think they were gonna show a different. They were gonna show like the ending scene there. I think. Um, but he was like, we can't. I don't want them to like glamorize the serial killer like in this movie as well. Like, okay, Clint. <laughs> so, like, he's like, like there's too much like horror around. I was, like, Clint, you're in Dirty Harry. What are you talking about? <laughs> 
Because Dirty Harry's like how old based is off of Zodiac. It's gotta be ninety something, no? Any day now, that man is gonna croak. PT man, he is the greatest. If you ever work on a set, that dude, you'll be there at nine. You'll be done at five thirty if it's that day, and you can go <laughs> home and eat dinner. Like he's one take. Yeah, I'm good. Let's go. <laughs> we're good we're good man every actor is like it's it's like it's just a normal work day like it's nine to five like he's the going anti home. anti picture <laughs> right there yeah. he's going home <laughs> this guy's in fargo too oh he's saving by ryan well i only mentioned fargo because of uh John Carroll Lynch is also in Fargo. Mm-hmm. New season coming out. I haven't seen anything past the third season, man. And that's, How you know, I know. I, I need to watch. I, I, work at, I work at that network. How dare you? Uh, I'll tell you this. <laughs> tell tell whoever you need to at your, at your work, <laughs> man. Get season three. Get season four. Put them on Blu-ray. Immediately, because that was the reason I was watching them. One and two are. I think three is. I have one and two, but three is not. I know for a fact three is not, because mm-hmm. I have the DVD for it. Oh, uh, yeah, it's only a DVD. I have considered just buying the digital HD version of it, but... Just haven't pulled the first trigger on that. First season's so good. The first season's great. That's my favorite, like, cinematic universe is the Fargo universe. <laughs> That's the FC. I remember, like, yeah. At the end of season three, there's like a post credit scene of like, <laughs> what's his name? Joel or it's, Ethan Cohen's yeah. wife. Francis yeah. McDormand shows up. <laughs> end of season four, a young Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> Just from I just remembered that the Marvels comes out this weekend, and I saw it like two days ago, and I'm just I I something feels like it like the internet's gonna be like losing their mind over the next few days. I did see a spoiler for it, and I'm I think I'm at a point with Marvel like I don't really. I'm yeah, just I'm kind just, of giving. If I see up, a spoiler, man. I see a spoiler like that. Yeah, whatever. If I'm here's but the I, thing I did, is like I did like the spoiler. I did like the spoiler. I saw. I was like, that's that's good. Good. Bring Good that step, person. yeah. I will say that, like, with other movies, oh, you are. I completely forgot that tonight I had a screening for Saltburn, mm. and I, I, I forgot about it completely because I had planned to do this all week, which I'm glad I'm doing this. But at the same time, like, I that shows you how much I like plan to go to these screenings sometimes because, like, the killer. As soon as I found out about it, I was there. Mm-hmm. Like, you could have asked me to do something for the rest of the week, and I'd be like, Nah, I got something to do Tuesday night. <laughs> Um, AMC just started like that sp- a secret screening. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they did started it this week because I think I figured other other theater chains do it. I didn't go to it, but um, from I, I think, think it was, was I think next, it was next goal, goal wins. Win. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, it's either going to be next goal wins or the Marvels. Like, I have not heard great things about next goal wins, and not in just like a oh, it's not the best movie ever. But a lot of people are saying that there's like a lot of uh transphobic stuff in it. Mm. So I'm not sure that's how that's gonna good. do, but that's not good. 
that was also a while ago that I heard about that. So it could be that they either cut that stuff out or changed it slightly. But, you know, if it's mm-hmm. Taika Waititi, though, I'm like surprised. That man is 70 years old. <laughs> Look at him. You think you want to you drink some alcohol and bum some goat? <laughs> Play some pong. He looks like, you know, in the cat in the hat, whenever he's got like that big old belly. Mm-hmm. That's him right there. Yeah. <laughs> he gives in the drink he gives him just vodka in the like a water glass. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Great lighting there. Someone should write a book. Someone should write a fucking book. (laughs) Again, separate them. Don't shoot them together. Two different mindsets. All the all the close ups. One more kind of accentuates that. One's more close up. He's more like engaged. Obviously. You shoot him more wide, like this dude's coked out of his mind on alcohol. But you don't shoot them together. Two different people. Two different ideas. Yep. This is filmmaking. I'm going to be a director now. Cinema at its best. (laughs) The mise-en-scene. If I want it, like if I could really just give you like an Italian or like some really thick <laughs> accent here, act like I, I act like I worked with Fincher. So what we did here was we uh we shot them separately, and we wanted to make it so as uh, Jake uh, Gyllenhaal was very very serious. We wanted to to connect with him and feel like we were connecting a little bit more with Robert Downey Jr. as the scene went on. So we we shot him in the wide first, and then we moved on to the a close-up and we now back to the wide so you can see here he is very detached from Jake Gyllenhaal and it's not actually raining here it is (laughs) (laughs) but now he's like the now we switch back he's the main character again It's not the last time we see Downey Jr., is it either? It's like further down the line, you see him again whenever he's on the news. He's like the bar, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, the, he's like uh, he's at the freaking library. <laughs> Washington and Cherry. Oh, and the way that it shows it here, too, like that transition. How do you mm-hmm. nail that, dude? How do you nail that? Perfect blocking. This is also the first time they interact. Oh, actually, no. The theater they did. The movie theater, yeah. It was magical. Don't you remember? Yeah, yeah it's magical. It must have been magical. 
<laughs> oh, it's so good. I mean, honestly, if I was at this point, I'd be like, do you really want to help me? I can't, you can't help me, but also go talk to this guy. He might be able to help you. Yeah, then he goes to him and he's like, Dave Toski sent yeah. you? Because everyone's like, I don't know if you want to do it, then go for it, man. <laughs> like, like we're, we're screwed over on this one. We're we done for. Yeah. Who was it? Mullinax that tells him he's like he thinks he's gonna solve the Zodiac, and the other dude's like, "Huh, good yeah, for good him." For, yeah, good for him. <laughs> also, filming technique. Whenever you're inside, always blow out the windows with light because then you can shoot at any time of the day. Without having to worry about sunset, anything, just shoot a huge spotlight in there so you can control the light. Because this this could be at eight o'clock at night. Even watching like any guys. other movies of his, they all look exactly the same for like the diner yeah. scenes. Be like, damn, you figured all this out yourself. Who are you again? Yeah, what's your name? Yeah. <laughs> what movie did Dylan Hall do after this? Was it this is 2007? Um, like Rendition, I think maybe. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. I think I did. I just can't remember. Meryl, Meryl, and Meryl Streep. It's pretty underrated. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was Rendition. Kind of underrated. Meryl Streep. Nothing like amazing, but decently solid like movie. Oh, Peter Sarsgaard and Alan Arkin are in that. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I forgot Reese Witherspoon was in that. It's a good cast. Brothers, Prince of Persia. Do you remember how amazing Prince of Persia was? <laughs> Who is it that makes that joke in... Uh, I think it was This is the End, where like James Franco says that he slept with like Lindsay Lohan. And he's like, she thought I was Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> he's like, I just told her to call me Prince of oh, Persia. Yeah. I forgot Prince of Persia even existed as a movie. They had so many plans to make that into like a franchise, and it's just no. so bad. Once in high school. That's such a good line. Such a great actor. Elias... He's so good. Every scene he's in, he like kind of kills it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the scene's coming up where he's like, who's that? Oh, I think he's going to sell a Zodiac. <laughs> Look up for him. <laughs> <laughs> I 
So I guess he's basically just a private investigator at this point. Yeah. How much time do you think him and Fincher spent together in that room just, like, getting random shots? Yeah. Well, these are all inserts. So you can shoot these yourself. Like, you don't need him there. Like, those close-ups on the, the... Well, yeah, but everything with him, like, holding up the little bags of bullets and, like, oh, the... Yeah. There's probably so much I'm just, like, in dailies that are still, like, on some server that are just <laughs> him looking at stuff. Then, like, that. that's probably just people throwing stuff down. Like, you don't need him for there for that. You just need that's could that could be second unit just shoot, shooting stuff like all right just throw there some is, like there it is yeah <laughs> 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 he runs like write down all the information he learned immediately. Yeah. I think I wouldn't remember anything I just saw. <laughs> I am terrible at remembering. Like, here's the thing is I will remember like just random movie facts, like what we've been talking about for the last two hours. But as soon as I hear anything useful, I will forget it. Like he made uh, yeah. Joan all had the flu right here. He didn't want to film. So you're looking at there. Degree fever. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've heard stories of like actors having like fevers or like they're like, oh, well, they were performing this while they were yeah. dying on their deathbed. And I'm just like, I can't even tell. Well, the last podcast they did with Jaws, like um Robert Shaw has there was a scene, the scene when they first get on the boat. Oh, um, the what is it that he's like drunk or something? No, it's like so he's like sitting down when like essentially they doing the fishing line. So they essentially he had the flu, so he couldn't really walk around at all because he was just exhausted. So they just <laughs> figured out, like, what if we just sat him down and he did those scenes? And it's like this, like, essentially you'd be like, action, like, he, all of your energy is going towards this acting right now and cut, and you're just like, ugh. Just like, slumped <laughs> over. So it's like this, like, Jake, we're not going to have you move around because you have the flu, but we'll have you sit down. So it's easier for you to just be like, yeah, he had like 102 or 103 degree fever right here. I think it was misery that I was thinking about with um, James Caan, where he was apparently drunk and just ruined like a whole day's worth of shooting and then <laughs> apologized to the director. Which, like, out of all the Stephen King adaptations, funny enough, I feel like misery is just yeah. one of the worst adapted they, ones. We get more actors drunk on set and see what happens. Let's just like see a, what happens. Like let's just see what happens. Let's just roll the, the camera and let it. Let's see what happens. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was like half of the lighthouse was them just getting wasted and him just rolling the camera. <laughs> like, what's going on? We need more of that. We need more of that. <laughs> Brian's wearing that yeah. little red jacket so he doesn't get it more of a cold. Yeah. There you go. Filming technique. Someone has the flu. Just sit down. You're fine. You got it. You got the scene right there. You see the <laughs> sniff little way. I mean, honestly, if I was an actor, I'd be like, fuck this. But then you're also getting paid like, like Jake Jones. <laughs> Jake is getting paid pretty well. So they'll probably tell him to get his ass out there. Especially Fincher. That chair behind her. 
It's an ugly chair. Look at it. It's so. What is that yeah, doing there? Uh, fucking rich people, man. Just buy anything that costs money. Yeah. It was his birthday. Who celebrates their birthday with a murder? Come on. Yeah. Serial killers. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine being a serial killer? It's your birthday and someone's like, hey, man, I know you don't want to go out tonight. Get a couple of beers. Kill some folks. Nothing too major. You know who loves this movie? Who's that? Bong Joon Ho. So this movie's a masterpiece. And I'm uh, like, I would, yes. I I yes, saw like his list of like top ten movies, and it was on there once. And I was like, yeah, I get, it. I get it, bro. This movie is perfect. Because most people would say, like, they would prefer Memories of Murder over this. Which came out before this. Yeah. I actually watched that again recently, and it still holds up so well, dude. That's another movie that's very similar to this, though, that I think about. It. Like, you never find out who the murderer is, like, mm-hmm. concretely. They're all like brown. <laughs> what, like his desk? Yeah, they're all like bro. We've been doing this for like 10 years. <laughs> like, yeah. We gave up. <laughs> her, her, her little outfit's cute here. Overalls. Let's bring back overalls. Bro, she wanted attention from him so badly. <laughs> and he really just said, how was your day? And he walks day. away. Oh, he gets this call here. <laughs> Herb Kane. Herb Kane. Where would you say this falls on your Fincher ranking? This is your favorite? Ah. Uh. No, nah, it's not my favorite. Social Network's definitely the favorite for me. Mm-hmm. That's tough, man. I feel like this is the one that I rewatched the most. <sighs> I'm trying to think of like what else I have as far as like Fincher. You know what? I'm going to go with number two. This is number two for me. Mm-hmm. I think I rewatched this one the most out of all the Fincher movies, but Social Network's definitely the favorite. Uh, seven might be a close three. 
This is my number one, easily. His best film. For me. Works very well. It's very easy to watch. It's like, I've said this before about his movies, but they're very cozy. Mm -hmm. Something about his filmmaking. Like, I don't know how many times I've just watched this because I was bored or watched this because I wanted something familiar. But that, that was also just very good and very comforting strangely like it's become a comfort film same thing with like Donnie Darko mm -hmm. which which also has Jake Gyllenhaal in it surprisingly oh that's why Fincher wanted um Gyllenhaal in this movie because of Donnie, Donnie Darko yeah that movie he, like, he recently rewatched it I guess before when they were doing the casting for this and that's when he thought of Gyllenhaal He's he's so funny in Donnie Darko, dude. It's so like, it's such a good movie, but also like so funny. And I never realized it till I saw it with an audience. Um, I watched it earlier in June. They show they were showing at this art house theater pretty close to me, and it was like a sold out theater. I watched on thirty five millimeter, and I knew that it was like a funny movie during some scenes, but like I had heard like the audience like dying laughing during some scenes that they couldn't even hear the audio. Mm hmm. close up on the on the breathing that pan to the right as soon as he gets like, breathing too the rack Chloe's like rack focused her what did you do what did you do she knows she knows So I personally think Rick Marshall wrote the letters. You think Arthur Lee Allen did the killings? And then two other people did the killings. And Arthur Lee Allen was one of them. Like they, Arthur Lee Allen, I think, knew something about what was going on. So like the Rick Marshall guy, and I guess the, when he goes to the house, the guy's like, I did the posters myself. So they have the, the same handwriting. So it's like, it's got to be like multiple people in on this, which you could consider like maybe it was a cult that was doing this. Like a few members of it. Yeah. That makes a little bit more sense, I guess, thinking about it now. As opposed to just like one person. Because clearly it... From the like the case that they lay out here, even in this movie, they're just looking at case files. It's essentially what this whole movie is. Them trying there's to no like definitive. Yeah, there's multiple suspects. One handwriting matches the one suspect. Doesn't match the other one. It's like you could put it into. Could be two people, two or three it's people just, doing this. It's just the original Scream movie, if you think about it. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I love the, this acting choice here of him like just he's choosing like balance he's like he's just so invested in this like this anxiety is just like he needs to get these things done at this point it's almost like the first 
like in the earlier in the film they call him like a boy scout but it's like this is his version of like trying to like be sneaky and like do things that he's mm-hmm. not supposed to it's like no one's gonna no one's gonna like crucify you for trying to get more information on your book man mm-hmm. it's crazy that fincher came in under budget with this movie too yeah there's so much for how, this. Like, like for how even... much they shot probably and like because i think they only shot a little bit in san fran and everything else is in la um but yeah coming in under budget too for like the shoot is probably over 100 days I think it was like 115 days or something. Very resourceful. That's music to a studio's ears coming yeah. out of budget. I mean, I think this movie made like 80 mil like worldwide or something. Not too much, but it's gotten obviously re- releasing movies in the 2000s and stuff. You're, a lot of your sales also going to come from the home release. Yeah. That was a huge part of like box office at that point too, as well. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's not box the office, but like sales. income for the movie is movie sales. Yeah. But it's pretty much done for now. Mm-hmm. It's insane to me that like I'll have people who ask me like all the time, and I've heard it before people say that it's like a waste of money to like keep buying movies. And like, I always tell them, it's like, dude, like without like a home release without like a physical release like so many movies do not make the money that they used to we don't get the budgets that we used to because of it Mm -hmm. movies that are like strictly streaming i like forget exist because yeah like i don't know how many times i've seen like a movie on netflix or like hulu something where it just goes straight to streaming and there's like a handful of movies that i remember and then every other movie that i see exists on there is just like do not even recognize that that exists like we were talking about a movie pretty recently we said that looked like a fake movie as well and i can't remember what it was mm-hmm. but there's that movie in theaters right now freelance that looks like one of those yeah didn't you go see it yes i did and it just the most incredible thing you've ever seen i was like halfway through and i was like i don't like this is Basically, felt like an, an. I don't mean I don't like to rip on movies, but like it felt like an, a Netflix dump on like a Wednesday or Thursday. <laughs> it's not ter- like I. It wasn't like it wasn't a movie. It's like the like the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. It's like it's it's watchable. It's fine. Someone probably finds it entertaining. But it sucks that like. It sucks. I feel like that Fincher needs to get out of Netflix. Because now, like, I know people aren't too high on Mank, but it would be suck if that never, like, if, say, Criterion doesn't pick that up. But I feel like they oh, eventually will. But just to have a physical release of that or because now they have the killer there. That was uh, one thing that, like, as soon as I saw I could, the killer. I could see them picking up the killer for sure. And I think they will pick up um, Mank. Eventually, I forget that I, Mank I, exists, dude. Yeah, and that's what I need. Like, yeah. 
on Netflix. It's it's on Netflix, and so I forget that it exists. I can't have a physical copy. I can't yeah. pop it in when I want. I can't listen to the director's commentary. So I need. I also need them to release the Ballad of Buster Scruggs to the Coens from Netflix. They need to do like way too many releases right now. I've seen that they're doing like a few physical releases on some movies recently for Netflix specifically, like The Babysitter and Yeah, I did the see Ritual. that. So maybe they're, that's why I'm hoping that maybe they will eventually like maybe put out those movies. Maybe they maybe they're trying to test this sale for maybe for release these physically. What kind of sale can we get? I mean Prey got a physical release, so did uh Loki, WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're going back to Back to the old days, people buying. Please stop bothering me. Oh shit, bro. He just dumped him, bro. Dude, don't come by my house. Don't call me. <laughs> it's because he's been accused of writing that Zodiac letter. Yeah. <laughs> he's got, got his little like, kids now. Even the little girl, look at her. She's just sitting there drawing yeah. stuff. I guess his oldest is like from a different marriage. Mm-hmm. Damn, bro. Put him on the spot like that. Yeah, he's like, damn, bro. Maybe you're the killer. Some colleagues, they're kids, dude. <laughs> so, like, some it colleagues. is, yeah, some colleagues. This is his last scene. It's a little oxygen tank, smoking a cig about half a bottle of whiskey in a jar. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've seen that too. Like in actual, like in real life, people like smoking a cig with an oxygen tank. Yeah. Addiction. Addicted to tobacco. The fucking library. Dramatic bombshell. Edward G. Ronson. <laughs> Robinson. Big film guy. Big film guy. Yeah, he's, he's a film nerd. Illegal. Thank you. 
Foreshadowing. Can you imagine not like comprehending media literacy and being like, well, he never does find out. I mean, I guess technically they're, you never really know. It's an open case though. They may as well tell you it's him though at the end of the movie. I mean, yeah. even if it is an open case, the first time I saw it, I was like, dang, it was him the whole time. Yeah. Cause I guess like Arthur Lee Allen's like actual family said that. Cause like he has the heart attack like before they were going to, well, I was like, yeah. I guess the stress they made it. They were like, everyone like knew that he was like the prime suspect. So like that just weighed on him for his entire life. And then when they are going to question him again, I think that's when it like, they, they say that that's when his heart just gave out. The way they reveal his character, like on screen for the first time, like right there with all the shadows on his face, like, Without telling us directly, like, oh my gosh, it could be him. Add more drama, eerie to it. Make it pouring. Pouring rain at nighttime. There's a shot, like, when he's trying to get out of the apartment, or his little house, I guess. When he's trying to get the door open, there's that mirror right there. Mm-hmm. That he, he shows up right behind, and it scares the crap out of me. Every time I oh, see yeah. it, it's so good. I love the, in that, right after that. The edit or that the the close up of him opening the door, but the they they make the locks the turning of the locks so loud. Yeah, it's like great sound design. Mister Graysmith, I do the posters myself. Oh, genius! Great acting. And then he tells him to go down to the basement to look at the rest of them. It's like, why would you tell us that yeah. immediately after that? Shut up right now. <laughs> it makes me think of that Hitchcock quote where he says, like, make the bomb go off and it's boring, but show us the bomb and then make mm-hmm. it go off. He even has posters up too, like you, Robert. Why does he say it like that? No, no. Like they have the more serious questions, you shoot the claw, shoot them by themselves on the frame. There you go. Oof. That little eye twitch at the end. Did you see that? Yeah. I'd be like, would you say actually? I'd twitch it myself. Oh, okay. Pardon? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I gotta go to my car real actually, fast. Actually, you know, my phone. I think. I think I left my phone in the car. <laughs> I left my cell out there. I'll be right back. Oh, that shot right there. Oh. There's not many basements in California. 
And you switch to the the close up to the wide. Oh, I do. Oh shit! He's gonna die. I feel like even this was a zodiac. It'd be too, it's too easy. You're asking to get killed, bro. Yeah, like I feel like if you're like a serial killer, though, like like in that mindset, like the phone. Obviously, right this, this guy's the... not it. But it's like in, even in this scene, it's like there's someone upstairs. Like so, someone else is in there. Is it Arthur Lee Allen? Is someone else in there? Is it Rick Marshall? Like, An interesting but if you're thought, a... though about this is that like let's say that this guy was one of the killers, right? Let's mm -hmm. say that Lee Allen was one of the killers. He loves the publicity of everything he's been doing yeah. so far that he cannot kill him. He knows that this guy is going to get him a book written about him. Oh yeah. And I feel like if, like like again, if you were a serial killer, like this is too easy. It's not a game to me. Like you showed up here. I didn't go and get you. It's the most dangerous game. Yeah. I want to hunt you, let you trying to find me. So you, you like you you would take an innocent victim as opposed to someone trying to find you. Oh, if I was looking at the monitor, I saw him like delivering those lines in the dark. I'd be like, oh, I, I got it, perfect. <laughs> oh, that delivery. Would you like to go upstairs and check? Like, no, I'm getting the hell out of here. This light. Yeah. And the, when, before he turns it off, he looks at him again. It's so good. He walks around like a little creep, too. Yeah. So this is like you, implying right like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, this is when you're going to be like, okay, there could be like multiple people doing this. Like, this guy probably knows something. All that. <sighs> so loud. That's so good. See, it's like he smiles. Like it's like a smirk. It's like a game there. Oh, that's too good, man. His little red car. <laughs> little tiny red car. How do you go home after that? I'd be like, I need to like go someone to someone's house. I'd shit myself immediately. Going home to an empty house. In the dark. Dude, if I had to be alone after that, I would never sleep again. <laughs> and he left the door open. You're asking to get killed, bro. <laughs> Just follow you home. Again, too easy, though. It's too easy. Zodiac knows who he is. Yeah, you're right. The Zodiac probably wouldn't kill anyone that like knows someone that's investigating him. It's too obvious. Tired. 
<laughs> you have I... not slept at all, dude. <laughs> Which is good. Like he now looks like um, Paul Avery did halfway through the movie. Like that same yeah. face, like the makeup on his face, hasn't slept. Bags under the eyes. It's like disheveled all the time. Yeah. Hasn't showered in like two days. You got little beady eyes. Mm hmm. It was Rick, wasn't it? It was Rick. Yeah. But again, like, see how he's more close up on Joan Hall here? Like, it's because he's being, like, more aggressive. Like, no, it's this. And she's a little more back, like, a medium close up being like, no. Like, she's more in control. More relaxed being like, no, I know. I'm very confident it's not him. And it was Lee. He he frames them on two very different sides at the end of that shot there too, like showing mm -hmm. like opposing sides, but like he's realized now like like oh I was wrong this whole time. Mm -hmm. And then he kind it kind of reassures him of what he said earlier that there was two killers. This guy's like, this like, man is crazy, back, yeah. dude. He's like, you're back again? Like a little kid, dude. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I've seen this file before. <laughs> like, <laughs> this guy sucks. I mean, at that point, it's probably you're probably what like twelve years into this. I'd be like, nah, I'm I'm over this case. Like I. We're not I don't blame him. him. I don't blame him at this point. Yeah, but like I can like, see where he's coming from, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Now it's just pure obsession. Your ex. Chloe Sevigny. I'm back again.
Damn. Damn, bro. Date that didn't end. You don't mean that a little. She took his kid, too. Like, that's not yours, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I probably would, too. But again, separate them in the frame. Two different... They're no longer together. Cinema. This is cinema. I read this in Filmmaking 101. I'm getting real seven vibes from this. Uh, a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of rain to end the movie. A lot of rain to end it. <laughs> I'm going to kill him. I love that line. <laughs> I love when she was like, he's actually here. Like, she obviously knows who he is, too. <laughs> he's actually here. I'll meet you out front. No, you won't. I love that shot where it looks like he's like the camera supposed to be like the the people. The keyhole. Oh, yeah, the people. <laughs> Why is he sticking on there? I know. No evidence, man. I love that line. The same mm-hmm. shirt with that drinks like flavor now. Back to the diner where they met. Where they first interacted, kind of. I like me a good diner scene. All circumstantial. Mm-hmm. All circumstantial, buddy. That man has not slept in days, dude. What time do you think it is right now in that movie? Like three, four in the morning? Probably about probably four, maybe almost five in the morning. Because he's getting ready to go to work. He hasn't slept, so it's like yeah. he's just been up all night doing the this. Tasia. 
He's at a night, dude. He went to he went to the police station to get that file, found it, talked to Mullinex, went back home, looked for some other file, came back to his place, and then here, and now he's given him his whole spiel. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, because he was in prison. Shit. I thought you were supposed to be a cop, Tosk. How did you not notice this? I know. You're not supposed to believe in coincidence. Wait, sometimes it's like if someone breaks it down for you like that, you're like, wait a minute. You notice it, yeah. You just you didn't really like put everything together. You probably haven't even thought about the case in years at that point as yeah. well. Yeah. So if you do the whole timeline together, you'd be like, wait a minute. This crazy man might be onto something. The best part of the year. Right here. That's a trailer line right there. Mm-hmm. This is all you need, like the first murder. I've walked it. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. It's a good line. I really like that. Basically, I'm being like, look, you're very close, but you can't prove this. It's all, again, it's obviously a theory, but you're basically kind of nailed it. Lee was at the party. He lived 50 feet from her work. Come on. Again, yeah, finish the book. It's going to be an opinion book, but finish it. It's a good part of the score as well. That's mm-hmm. what I've always noticed for the scene is when he walks the, out, kind of have that somber yeah. sound to it. Use the trump, use the trumpet for him. It's Thorne Tosky there. Yeah, with the piano, that like seventies pop soundtrack. Yeah. The acting in this part is so good. Not a single word is said between them. By John Carroll. He, he asks him if he needs help or anything, I think. Yeah, and he just goes, no. And they just stare at each other. And John Carroll and just face, his transition to his face when he like realizes like why he's staring at him. He's like, oh, yeah, it's fucking. <laughs> oh, you know it's me. Yeah, it's like, because it's like seven and a half years later or whatever. Or I guess a couple years later after that. Like, right, like. 
And it cuts back. Just no. And then Joan Hall does like the kind of the like his eyes like pierce a little bit and then just oh. His face just drops too. Right here. Like when he leans forward, being like He knows that he knows. Yeah. Again, I seem to look at him in the eye. If that actually like did happen, and that that guy like looked at me like that, being like, "Yeah, I know who you are," that would confirm it in my mind. I'd be like, yeah, "Oh yeah, hundred percent, you're him, you're him. I know you're him, but you're not gonna kill me." Hey, I can see that book on my shelf. Mine doesn't look like that. Do you have like the copy that's like, I have, like the movie? A, no? I have like the. I guess there's an updated version where he like. I guess Robert um, Grace. Oh, I, I know what you're talking about, actually. Robert Grace, I guess, did like a different intro or something, and he added some more stuff to it. I have like that copy, which is, I guess is the final copy of it. There he is. What's his name in uh, It's Always Sunny? The McPoyles. McPoyle, <laughs> McPoyle <laughs> twins, yes. Yeah, always they drinking drink, milk. They drink milk, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Yeah, Joe. This is supposed to be the... Minkus or Mouth from One Tree Hill. Most people probably know him for his One Tree Hill guy, but uh, this is him older. He's in Westworld too, which I don't know if you've seen Westworld, dude, but Westworld is good. First season is great. Yeah, I've only seen the first season. I own all of them, but I've only seen the first one. Mm -hmm. Three of those headshots were the people that played the Zodiac in quotation. The different actors that had played them. You can tell who played who at what scene too. Yeah. Like now that you like look at them, the guy on the second mm -hmm. hand to like second to the right, I want to say he was probably the taxi driver. Mm-hmm. It's John Krasinski's cousin. I know it is. This guy's going to solve the Zodiac. Start the movie and end the movie with Donovan's hurdy-gurdy man. Hurdy-gurdy man is so good. I don't even like unironically listen to that. That is a good song. Oh, shit. And then we have the text on screen. I'm not going to You know a movie is good <laughs> if it ends like that. Yeah. If you have to read something, that's a good movie. I'm sure people are like, ah, oh, they didn't solve it. I have a friend who watches movies like that where like, if it ends on a kind of an ambiguous note, He'll be like, yeah. that wasn't good. I'll be like, shut well, up. Like, I mean, you could look at this and be like, I mean, the Zodiac is still an open case. So this movie is not going to have an ending, essentially. The ending is, eh, it might be this guy. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Obviously, this, that's why some people think that, I guess, this, the book of Robert Graceman's book's kind of like, some people are like, nah, 
he really kind of zoned in on one person and really like look at anybody else. I don't know the. I mean, yeah, like he does kind of state Lee as like the biggest like suspect, but there's a lot of other opinions that he throws in there of like other people who's he suspected as well. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's a good movie. Hello, my so friend. Like one and two. I noticed that. They, yeah, it was fun. Well, I'll have to be all nice and prepped for a uh, girl with the dragon tattoo when we do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to figure out the the schedule coming forward. But yeah, definitely, definitely hope to get you on again. Yeah, for sure. We log. Well, we logging on a uh, letterboxed. Yeah, <laughs> we rewatched Zodiac for the hundredth time. This podcast is hosted and edited by Pat Brennan. That's me, with intro and closing music by Patrick Baxter.